Welcome, it's Jeremy Allen Gould. I'm coming to you today to confirm between God and of man that in fact the rumors that you have all heard are true. I started this podcast because I freaking love music. I was privileged enough to book amazing artists and bands in the past, and I was lucky enough to stay in touch with many of them to this day. This is a place to hear their stories. Thank you so much for riding along on this journey, and I hope you enjoy what you hear. With that said, the rumors are definitely true. This is Jeremy. Welcome back to this latest episode where we welcome Blake Martin from the band A Plea for Purging. Blake and I talk about the past, uh, about him uh, being in the band from the beginning to the end of the band. We also touch on the Furnace Fest show that they, the reunion, I guess, they've got coming up. And uh, it's really cool to see his perspective on uh, the band that was such a big part of his life and what he's doing now. So I really hope you enjoy this latest episode with Blake Martin. Blake, how the hell are you? What's up? I am great. I'm caffeinated. I need to be fully caffeinated on a Monday morning. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, I have to get that in my bloodstream before I do anything meaningful in my life. You know, it's funny. <laughs> I don't drink coffee. My wife <laughs> laughs at me. I've never drank. Well, I drank coffee when I was a kid, and it made, made me sick, and I've just never done it since. I know. I'm probably sick. like you. I, Whoa. Yeah, well, like I think it was the caffeine, and I was like 12, and it was just rocked my world, and I was like, I'll never drink that again. <laughs> it is a drug. Uh, okay. I mean, yeah. It is a drug. <laughs> well, my drug is cigars, so <laughs> I, I'm just probably worse. Dude, if I didn't have asthma, I would be in the cigar game, too, because I, I really enjoy them. They just don't enjoy me. Dude, um, I, yeah. I just got into them in the last like three years, especially during when COVID. I was like bored at home. and yeah. My father-in-law is like super into them, and my my wife's like all f- okay with it. And I'm like, okay, let's, wow. let's do this. <laughs> yeah, something else to spend money on. <laughs> Dude, it's crazy. Like, I mean, I, I'm a caffeine fiend for sure. Like back when we were touring, it was kind of like the daily activity to go find a Starbucks and use their free Wi-Fi and get on laptops yeah. and drink coffee before the show. And like. I could drink so much coffee back then. Nowadays, like now that I'm getting older, if I have more than like two cups ish, I start to get like anxious. I like I get like like keyed up, <laughs> and where I'm like I need to like chill out. Yeah, it's weird, but I have to have it in the mornings or I get headaches. It's yeah, well, that's my wife's the same way. She's like addiction. she's cranky and in a funk, <laughs> and it's like yeah. I mean, she's bought these two new like. Uh, Nespresso or whatever, and she's and her justification was, I don't have to go to Starbucks every day anymore. And I'm oh, like, yeah. <laughs> and I'm actually, saving money. <laughs> in a weird way, she kind of is. I mean, really realistic, she is. But I mean, hey, yeah. But you know, love she it. She lets me buy the cigars, so I'm, I'm okay with it. There you uh, go. So, man, tell me what you're up to now. I, it's been a while. I know we talked a couple months ago, but uh, just to let me know what's going on in your life, man. It's been a while we've since we've seen each other. Yeah. So. Um, quick rundown. I mean, the band ended 2012. That was our last show. And 
we, we played that face down fest in 2017, uh, which was kind of, it, I mean, it was great, but it was also a disaster, which I can tell you that story um, about oh, that experience okay. too. But um, me personally, after the band ended, um, Aaron and I actually both worked at airlines at the airport, like throwing bags, just, just trying to get our foot back into the, the <laughs> workforce and figure out what it's like to have a, a job. So I live in a we, van. Yeah, yeah. So that was kind of crazy. Um, but we, yeah, we both worked at the airline for a while. Then I was, um, there is and was a brewery in town at the time. It was downtown called Yazoo. And it was kind of like my, my dream job. I was like, man, if I could just mm. brew beer every day, that's like a dr- that's the dream. You know, I was like, that's Bro, so sick. Totally. So my wife and I started working in the tap room. She was doing tours of the brewery. And I was just, you know, serving and pouring beer in the tap room and just kept begging the owner just to let me work production in the back. It was like salary. And yeah, like health insurance. I've never had that before. Like, I want that. So. <laughs> You know, after that, um, took about a year or so, and then he gave me a do- job brewing beer and, and uh, working in production in the back, which is great. And so I was there for about six, almost seven years. Um, and then in 2018, I quit that job to start a home inspection company, and that's what I've been doing ever since. Um, it's been growing. It's been awesome. I love working for myself, which is really cool. Um, and I got my brother-in-law a job there before I quit, so I can still get free beer. So that was called a really smart investment. That's a, that's <laughs> a, a blessing. That's right. He, he's since gone to another brewery in town called Fat Bottom, but um, I just I, I was super into craft beer back then, and still still am. I, I still love really good yeah. craft beer, but um, you know it, it's it was it was a hard job, and I had a rental property. Um, and still have it, but I, after just kind of learning the ins and outs of owning a home and maintenance and, you know, doing a lot of the work myself, like home inspection kind of clicked for me pretty quick. Yeah. So, um, I love doing it, man. I've got a couple people working with me now and to where I'm not having to be out in the field every day. Um, I can work from home most days, so I can do this kind of stuff oh, and play yeah. guitar, which is great. Um, yeah. but yeah, that, that's kind of my life, man. I'm married. Uh, I've got two dogs. One of them's really old and kind of you know, enjoying our last bit of time with her, which is really sad, but, uh, life is good, dude. We, my wife and I, we don't have kids, which kind of frees us up to do a little bit more. I feel like in general. Um, so we travel a lot. I don't know. We really love international travel. And of course, COVID put a, uh, you know, damper. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, we're getting back into it this year. Um, I, going back to Japan this year for my 40th birthday, which is crazy. We went for my 35th birthday and ended up quitting that brewery job. Like, Two weeks later, I was like, this is so amazing. I got to do more of this. Like, I love travel. So, yeah, we we love that kind of stuff. But, um, man, we're super lucky, and we feel very thankful. Um, But we're doing well, man. We just – life is good, and um, I still get to see Andy every now and then when he's not working. He's he's grinding pretty hard with his burger truck. So. uh, Oh, yeah. What's that burger truck? I was trying to remember what that was called. It's called Bad Luck Burger Club. Um, Yeah, and and the long story short is that – he pretty much lost his job during COVID, um, and another buddy of ours, and Cody, Andy and Cody started uh, is it grilling Cody? cheeseburgers. Is it you know Cody? the yeah, the wedding from the wedding? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cody Driggers. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we we've, we've all been buddies for years and years and years, and he and Andy just got together and just shared a love for food and cheeseburgers, especially. So they started 
doing their flat tops and got a little tent and did little pop-ups around town. It was like immediate hype. I mean, it was like, you know, lines around the building kind of thing. So that's amazing. they've since got a, a food truck. That's freaking awesome. It looks super cool. And their burger is literally my favorite burger in town. Like I know I'm biased, but it really, really is like mm. a super good cheeseburger. So he's killing it. Um, so he's still in town, but yeah, Aaron, he lives in California, works for a, basically a lumber distributor and does like sales for that. Um, doing really well. He's got a little, little girl named Winnie, super cute. Oh. And John is in the Knoxville area or Maryville, Tennessee and East, East Tennessee. Um, and he's a firefighter at Air Force Base and, um, they have a five-year-old, I think he's, I think, I don't think he's turned six yet. Uh, but yeah, that got a little kid, him, him and his wife. So yeah. We're all still friends and buddies, and we all still send farts to each other on a group text. So that's how mature we are at this point in our life. I love that. That's amazing. <laughs> that's so cool. Um, yeah. So uh, let's talk about when you and I kind of met. I, I'm just trying to think back, and you and I both have terrible memories, obviously. Um, <laughs> I know I've booked you guys quite a few times. I would say probably four to five at least in Wichita, and it was like at the Eagles Lodge. Did I do you guys at Headway Skate Park? Does that ring a bell too? I'm not sure. Uh, doesn't ring a bell to me, but that doesn't mean much. Oh, yeah, yeah that's, maybe. I'm pretty sure it was Eagles Lodge primarily, but uh, I know I got you guys with like O Sleeper once, and probably even twice. To be honest with you, it's, yeah. I mean, it, I hate to say this, but it was like after a certain point, it was just like I can't even remember. I I, remember, I vividly remember being like. Oh, cool! Another metal tour, like yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, I don't mean that wrong. I, I love it. I appreciate it. Respect it. But it was just like I can't even. I can't even dif- differentiate. So I think the let's go back to when we first met. I think um, I met you guys when I booked you guys in Wichita. I think it was the Eagles Lodge, um, maybe with those Sleeper and a couple other bands. I, probably some headlining shows and stuff. I, 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 I my memory's terrible. But uh, yeah, do you remember any of that time or? Kind of, uh, kind of, yeah. I mean, you know, like I was telling you before, like I have a pretty rough memory compared to the other guys in the band. Just I feel like they remember so much more detail than I do from back in the tour days. But we were playing so many shows, like especially early on in the band, like we're doing, you know, over 200, close to 300 shows a year, which is insane. And, And we had nowhere to go, so we just had to keep playing shows and stay on the road, but uh. Yeah, so so it, a lot of it in my mind kind of blends together, especially if it was like this a place that we would play continually yeah. or working with the yep. same promoter a bunch of times. So that that is certainly something that doesn't help my memory side of things. But I will say I do remember. I mean, I, of course, I remember hanging out and and being at shows with you back in the day. I mean, you you were one of our favorite dudes to work with, and like. That was a cool thing in the band too, is that we had such a tight knit group of like people that would keep bringing us out on tours, even if it was just the headliner or if we were supporting yeah. for somebody else. Uh, we would always look forward to those shows, and I remember looking forward to your show specifically because, like, we know we're going to get treated well, and that doesn't happen at every single show. But you know, you yeah. brought up O Sleeper, and we we did a bunch of tours with O Sleeper in a bunch of different capacities. But you know, Kansas was always on the route. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I I vaguely remember it is a short answer. Uh, yeah, don't remember too many details other than just playing a million shows, dude. Totally. For years, <laughs> isn't isn't Shane from Oh Sleeper doing uh, inspections too? Dude, he is. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of neat because we kind of like 
got sort of got going at the same time, but we kept like topping each other. Like, you know, I, I was studying, then he was like, Oh, what do you tell me more yeah. about that? And then he studied and got his license before me. And then he started his company. And then I, I got my license and started, and I started hiring on. He's like, Oh crap. And he, you know, it's <laughs> so, like we keep pushing each other, but like he, yeah, he's a great inspector. I can tell. And each state is very different with home inspection. Like oh, it, yeah. they, they have their own rules. So like t- Texas in particular, is pretty strict and stringent compared to Tennessee, even though we, we still have regulations and, and requirements and stuff like that and licensing. And, uh, but yeah, he's, he's adhering to a whole different set of rules than I am even in Tennessee, but it's really cool to see him do that kind of stuff. But I, I've definitely called him in the middle of an inspection. Be like, dude, what do you think about this? <laughs> so it's really neat. Yeah. It's, it's, if, if you're, you know, especially if you have a background in any type of like construction or contracting, or if you're just a smart person that can read and do your research, then it's a great job. Yep. I'm sure he's good at it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Sweet. Well, let's go back a little bit. Uh, tell me uh, for Blake growing up, what so what was uh, the family like? like? What was it? Uh, music in, in your life, kind of your influences and stuff. And uh, yeah, let's go from there. Ooh, okay. So uh, my Dad was a worship pastor for decades and decades, ever since I was a baby. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, so I grew grew up in church. Um, You know, I was a pastor's kid, um, which came with its own fun scenarios, you know. Um, But yeah, I mean, I grew up until I was 10 in North Carolina, and then we moved to Arkansas because my dad took on um, a different church. And then that's that's where I lived till I was 18 and moved to Nashville. But um, yeah, so growing up, I mean, since my dad was a worship pastor, you know, I don't want to say I was musically inclined, but I was I was surrounded by music certainly yeah. all the time. Um, and so I played like trumpet in in middle school band all the way through high school, and I, I didn't love it. I, like it was fine, but I was really into drums. Like I remember my dad bought me my first drum kit when I was probably. She's, I don't know, 15. Um, and that was like, that just changed my world. You know, I was like, oh my gosh, this is it. Like, I want to play drums. <laughs> so, so you know, as soon as I could start kind of playing a beat and and getting my feel for it, he let me play in church. It was a big deal because it was a pretty yeah. conservative church. Had never had drums in it before. So I really, I really owe a, a big thanks to my dad for like, because he probably got some like talking twos, you know, after the service, <laughs> like, you know, you brought drums in the service. So especially because I was probably terrible. Like I had to not be good when I first played. <laughs> so um, that was kind of like the genesis of me just like getting into music and just starting to be, you know, pretty much obsessed with it at that point. And then by the end of high school, um, I, my parents got me an acoustic guitar to where I could kind of start learning chords yeah. and playing worship songs. And, you know, in high school, I would like lead worship and youth group and that kind of stuff. And I also worked at a Christian bookstore oh. where, dude, and like, it, there was only like four people that worked there and I was the youngest. Um, and so the lady that owned it put me in charge of like basically stocking the music section, CDs and stuff, which that opened a whole new world for yep. me because it was Face Allen, Tooth and Nail and Solid State and all these, you know, edgy bands that I, I, I didn't even know existed. So, you know, if, yeah, immediately got into like Project 86 and Living Sacrifice and, and Norma Jean and, and Spoken was big because it was in Arkansas and they were yeah. in that area. So like, and Sacrifice, of course, um, playing at Vino's in Little Rock. I remember hearing about those shows growing up. So like 
that, that just blew my mind. And my best friend, Jeremy at the time had an electric guitar. And I was like, Oh my gosh, that's so cool. So he showed me how to, you know, what a distortion pedal was and a metal zone pedal. Like it was like, Oh my gosh, this is the heaviest thing I've ever heard. It's so cool. <laughs> and like, you know, you know, you hear somebody scream. I remember listening to project 86 drawing black lines and a part where Schwab screams on it. I was like, it sounds like he's ripping his throat out. How did I do that? Like it's insane. So I love that kind of stuff. Um, and it just, it just, it never stopped after that. Like I, I got so into it. Do I just wanted to learn everything on guitar and drums really, but <clears throat> started getting into that. So college fast forward a couple of years later, I went to a Bible college for one year in Nashville and then went 30 minutes South to MTSU middle Tennessee state. Um, and that is where I saw a flyer in one of the buildings somewhere on campus that was like, do you want to be in a heavy Christian rock slash metal band influences project 86 living sacrifice spoken? And I was like, yes, I do. So I took the number <laughs> off that and that was John Juan. That's our bass player. So, um, I met him and his roommate Dustin at the time, which were all still good buddies still. Um, and they were wanting to start a band and they needed a drummer. I was like, I can do it. I can do it. Who knows if I can do it? I don't know. I just said, yeah. So got to know those guys and they have been like brothers and some of my best friends I've ever had ever since. And so we started playing music. Um, we started a band called Silas, um, in college and played like we all went to the same church. So we'd like go do youth retreats and play shows at these youth retreats and stuff like that. And it's just kind of cut our teeth feeling what it was like to be on a stage being loud and not good, but it didn't matter. We were having a blast. So, um, after that we broke, kind of just stopped playing under that name and John and I wanted to keep playing. So we started a plea for purging and brought on, um, Lyle, our first guitar player, he's, who is my brother-in-law, who works at that other brewery. Oh, okay. Um, he's my wife's brother. And that's kind of how I met her, too, because I started hanging out with Lyle and their family at church and playing music. But anyway, all that to say, so John and I brought on Lyle. So it's me, John, Lyle. Um, we had a dude playing drums at the time named Richie. Uh, and it, that was more of like, I was like singing and screaming, playing guitar at the same time. So it's it pretty new metal, to be quite honest. Um, and then we wanted to go heavier. We're like, dude, we want to play like real metal, like screaming metal. <laughs> so, so at the time, I don't know if you remember this, but Zambui, do you remember Zambui? Yeah. Did, like, the yeah, big yeah. thing online, like they had the funniest videos. They were just a merch company, but they would, you know, go and sponsor yeah. and host all these big shows at Rocket Town, a lot of metal, um, you know, a lot of solid state bands. Um, and Andy was the, one of the hosts or whatever on their, um, I don't know, everything they filmed, Andy would be on there, like interviewing bands and stuff like that. We just thought he was so cool. But we, we knew he was in a band called With Blood Comes Clen- or Blood Comes Beauty oh. um, at the time. And I remember, like, we, you know, we'd see him at shows and I'd just be begging, dude, please join our band. Like, we really want it like a screamer. We want to be like a heavy band. He's like, no, nah, dude, I, I can't do it. You know, I have like a job <laughs> and stuff. Like, okay, cool. So this other dude named Justin who is on our very first EP as our first vocalist, which there were recordings with me screaming on those songs before we actually recorded that EP. So I was a front man for a little while, but never released anything screaming. Uh, but this Justin Lewis is his name. He came along. We recorded that first EP, started playing shows around town and kind of regionally. I think we did some stuff in, in Kentucky 
Um, and then Justin Quit and Russell Dickerson, who's now like a famous country star. Yeah, he's playing here. I just saw that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was he was our front man for a little while too, and he did our first tour actually um, on a spring break tour early on. Like I think it was like 2005 or something wow. like that, maybe six. Um, and then he quit and Andy got in a car wreck like the same week. He's like, okay, I'm going to quit my job. Like I'm ready to tour again and be in a band. So I finally convinced him after a couple of years to scream in our band. And so <laughs> Andy joined the band at that point. And then we just, we wrote and recorded that second EP and just hit the road. And we just played a crap ton of shows, um, as many as we could get on for free or just gas money yeah. or whatever. Um, and that is what caught the attention of Jason face down. So, um, that's when we got picked up there and started putting out full lengths. That's so, awesome. Um, were you playing, obviously you were playing with other bands, but were bands taking notice of you guys? Were you guys, um, you know, becoming friends with some of the face down bands or the solid state bands? Yeah, a little bit. Um, yeah, it, it was, it was, I think more so similar bands of similar size from other areas us doing it all together like for example like once nothing and gwen stacy like we were all just getting started touring and figuring out what that was like and being on the road and so like we would always hey we'll, we'll come up to pittsburgh and play a few shows in that area with once nothing and then they'll come down south and play mm -hmm. with us and then within was a band that was on um, a face down imprint label um, we got to be buddies with them from the Chattanooga area. So we'd go to like, you know, East Tennessee and the Southeast region and play shows with them. And so it was kind of like we would link up with these different bands. Usually we'd meet them on MySpace too, which is really funny. Uh, but similar size bands in other areas that were kind of trying to do the same thing we were doing. And we'd almost like bring each other out and do yeah. little runs together and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, we got to play some cool shows. I think there was one show we played to like maybe 10 people with a day to remember in Memphis. And they were like, oh, yeah. Uh, we're about to release our first record on Victory. You should come play our show in Florida. And we're like, oh, that's too far. We can't afford that. <laughs> we're so stupid. So um, that was funny. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, over the years, of course, we made friends with a lot of people. And it was it was a fun time, man. I mean, we, yeah. we didn't have a dollar to our name. But it was, it was exciting. Man. That's it amazing. It really was, you know? Yeah. That's that's incredible. I, I definitely, you know, looking on the other side of, of the coin – you know, I, I was exciting for me, you know, like I get it. Like I just, it was just really cool to see these dudes doing their thing, you know, um, just being a part of something uh, that changed people's lives. That's really cool. You know, that's, that's um, crazy to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it really, really, really just, yeah, it's just an incredible, it was an incredible time for music for sure. Um, let's go back to the face down thing. I know you said Jason was interested. Kind of tell me kind of how that materialized and kind of how, did he come see you play or like how, how did that kind of go down? Yeah, so Andy probably was more of the guy that listened to like old school hardcore, like more face down type bands through the years than the other guy. I knew what face down was, of course, and a lot of the bands. But Andy was like, holy crap, that, that would be like a dream for me. And I remember him saying that. And I think that our approach at the time was like, Hey, let's, let's kind of act like we don't need a label at all. Let's just, let's just do our thing and we can record it. Like Aaron and I both had uh, audio engineering degrees at that point. Um, and Aaron had some gear. So it's like, we can just record our own stuff. Um, and, and, you know, there were companies at the time that you could just print your own CDs and take them to shows and sell them. Like it was pretty simple. You know, you 
there were avenues for you to, to do that. So I remember just being like, Hey, let's, let's just kind of act like we don't need a label. And I think that would put us in a better position if one does come along. Um, and that's what happened. I mean, we were touring so much and still releasing new music. And I, yeah, I think that caught the eye of Jason and he just reached out and, you know, we, we talked over maybe a few months kind of thing and what our plans were for the band. And, um, I think Andy was kind of the the point man for him and Jason to talk, but I remember Jason flying out to a Nashville show. And at the time I'll say this, Nashville was insane. It was just a crazy moment in like kind of Christian-y kind of heavy music in Nashville because we had Rocket Town, which was such a cool venue and we considered our home venue. Um, And so at the time we would have, like there were some local bands here in Nashville along with us that we could play a local show and have a thousand people at that. That's That's insane to me, you know, for that kind of music, especially. Um, So we kind of had like a built-in home crowd, which is really cool. And so I remember um, Jason be like, okay, well, I want to fly out and see one of these Nashville shows. I want to see you in your element. Like, heck yeah. So he came out and the show bombed. Like it was like, I think it may be the worst Nashville show we'd ever played or something. I mean, maybe like, 40 people or something, you know, I think it was a promoter issue and like they didn't do any promotion and we, you know, I don't remember the circumstances. We may have played Nashville like, you know, a month or two before or something. I I don't really remember Um, other than just the show bombing. We're like, oh, he is never going (laughs) to sign us. Like, no way. That's Um, So, yeah. Anyway, he he, I guess he was into it and we just immediately hit it off with Jason. Him and his wife, Virginia, are just some of the most genuine awesome loving caring good people in the industry and we we all feel that way the band like it was just immediate like these people get us and let us do our thing and they just want us to succeed and to enable us to do that they really just care about us as people which is huge yeah um and so and and honestly their record deal was above and beyond what any other label would have offered us at the time especially so um, just really good people. So yeah, caught his attention, said, all right, let's do a full length. And so we went and recorded and released definitely our worst record we've ever done. The <laughs> very first record on Face Down. <laughs> so we don't, we don't like how it sounds. The songwriting is just not our thing anymore. And so yeah. looking back, of course, hindsight's 2020. It's kind of like, sure. oh, I wish we, we'd have done something different, but it is what it is. Um, it gave us something to tour on and kind of cut our teeth on what it was like to release a full length. And uh, ever since, Jason has just been the coolest dude ever. Him and Virginia both have been just so supportive. So, yeah, four full lengths on Face Down with uh, some vinyl releases, a little seven inch of Fat Bride. Um, but yeah, he's he's awesome. I mean, we, awesome. we I literally still talk to him like you know, a few times a year just to catch up. That um, seems like the normal yeah. response from everyone. That's really cool. I love yeah, hearing that. He's, he's, him and Virginia are great. They live in Hawaii now, too, so I keep trying to figure out. Oh, that's what I heard. To yeah. See him. yeah, yeah. That's cool. Um, real quick, on a side note question, uh, you, was there any other labels interested in you guys at that time as well, or was it just primarily face down? I, I feel like I remember whispers or maybe a, a couple of them reaching out to Andy at the time. Um, I don't know if much of them came to fruition in terms of actual offers, but I think, yeah, I think there were, there were, there were some feelers out there from other labels, but I mean, it, it, you know, 
and at the time, a few of them had pretty bad reputations in terms of like, you know, they'd barely give you any money. You would never recoup no matter how yeah. many records you sold kind of thing. And it's just kind of like, man, like, yeah, our, our band maybe possibly could be a bit bigger on this label here, but we definitely would probably hate working with them. You know, who knows if they're good people. And two, we would never recoup or make anything money-wise yeah. on top of that. So it's kind of like, Face down was the obvious choice to us based on how we gelled with Jason and Virginia. Yeah. Um, yeah. That makes so sense. Yeah. Very cool. Well, let's, uh, let's go over some of the, uh, of the records uh, and just kind of some, maybe some stories or thoughts or uh, something in the recording or something. I know you just mentioned it was your first record was probably not your, your favorite, but uh, let's go over a critique of mine and thought and just kind of maybe any, any stories from that time in the recording. I know, you didn't love it, obviously, but what what do you remember primarily about it? Uh, I mean, selfishly, like from my perspective, I remember just just playing the crap out of my whammy bar on the guitar. Just so many dive bombs, and like that was really fun. <laughs> that was a fun thing to do, you know, <laughs> during that era of the band. I loved that part of it. Um, the touring, man, we just toured. I think there was one year we did over three hundred dates a year, which that's is just nuts insane and and that's what i remember just working our butts off and and i i remember taking you know promo pictures for face down's announcement that they signed us and it was just like in this kid's backyard we just look like crap you know we had showered in like two weeks or something uh but it was just just we, we were just getting started you know um we knew we wanted to do it full time we were excited to release a full length that gave us something to tour on and the show and tour offers got a little bit bigger, which were still very minuscule, but it was still like you, you saw like upward trajectory. And I remember thinking this is really exciting because I never even thought I would release something on a CD on a record label. That's crazy. You know, yeah. like see your CD in a store that, you know, all every dude in every yeah. band from that era would probably say the same thing. But I remember just being there was like a buzz about it. Like, yeah, it was just really exciting. We were just trying everything we could musically to figure out you know how to keep doing what we were doing and growing and um but i, I will say towards the end of that record cycle um our attitudes definitely got a little more jaded and our obviously our sound got a little heavier going into depravity because we were kind of exposed to some of the darker sides of like being on the road full time you know mm. the the effect it would have on your relationships at home um the effect it would have on your relationships within the band even um, it was just like, okay, this isn't all like cotton candy and rainbows, you know, like yeah. when you've been doing this for two or three years full time to that extent, like we were, I mean, we, we were literally homeless we were crashing on friends and girlfriends floors or home kind of thing. So, yeah. um, I, but, but I, the, the, the early part of that record cycle was really exciting and really, really fun. Um, that's what I remember. And, and, and honestly, like. You know, we knock on that record and, and the recording and the songs, all that stuff. But guitar wise, that stuff was fun to play. It was like real life yeah. guitar hero. Like at the time, I was super into like X Toll and, and Dragon yeah, Force. And, you know, like I love that like harmony, yeah. fast picking kind of stuff. And I just, I, I got fixated on it. And that's what just came out with yep. Glee. Um, and so that, that, that's, it, it was a natural thing at that yeah. point to be playing that kind of music. Um, but that it was fun. It was really fun to play. So but, that, that's what I remember from the record. And we, um, it's crazy to do from Whitechapel. Uh, 
Phil is on that record, which is really funny because it's not like a heavy record, but he he does like a breakdown on it. That's it's awesome. by far like ten times the heaviest part of the record. <laughs> that's just, so that was cool. Yeah, that, that's awesome. Um, was Face Down stoked on it when you when you turned it in, or were they were they pumped on it? I don't I don't remember. <laughs> thinking that Jason was like overly excited about it. I don't think he said anything like negative or anything like that. He's just kind of like, oh, okay, here we go. <laughs> Throw it out. You know, like, you know that kind of thing. Uh, oh, and it, another funny tidbit about this is that there are at least two or three songs on the full length that were on the EP before that we self-released. Okay. Um, so I'm going to hit allow on the Skype thing. Hopefully it doesn't kick me off. Okay. Um, yeah. So, so I remember like calling Jason to be like, "Can we add one more song from the the last EP on this new recording?" Because like, you know, we're like, you know, nine songs in. We need another song. We've only got like a week until we go to the studio. Like, we need a song. <laughs> but I remember doing that. Um, so, so I think Jason had already heard a handful of those songs from the EP beforehand too, before he signed us. So, so it probably either way wouldn't have been super new or exciting for him. Yeah. Um, and I'll say this too, like a shout out to War of Ages because they were like the the you know senior not senior band, but you know what I mean. They were like yeah. they had been on the label yeah. for a while, put out some records, and they were shredders, man. Like they could play, and so like we play shows, then like I want to play like that. So like they were a pretty big influence because they were a face down band yeah. and and kind of guitar driven. And so um, I will say that too. Like so we kind of maybe subconsciously tried to get in that vein with Jason as well. Yeah, yeah. I wonder what the other guys would say about that. I'd be, I'd be interested to hear. <laughs> what's uh, What's your favorite song from that record? Oh gosh, while the sparrow sleeps, maybe. Yeah, that's gonna say that's that's my favorite. I think that was like kind of the single, maybe. Yeah, and we didn't do it. We didn't do a video on that record. Um, thank goodness. Um, yeah, I, I would say that. I remember playing that one live and just enjoying playing that one live. Yeah. But really, I mean, I, I hate to say it, but I mean, fans really didn't latch on to one particular song on that record. And that usually kind of helps band dudes decide yeah. what's their favorite song, whatever is most fun to play live, at least for our band. That totally. was really the side factor. So it's, nobody really latched on to too many songs on that record. We were pretty eager to put out something else. Yeah. Um, How long after that did you do Depravity? Um, probably about a year and a half, let's see, 2008. Yeah, I mean, we started writing within the year, because I remember shortly after the first record coming out, we went to Aaron's parents' house in Montgomery, Alabama, and recorded two new songs, which would have been Motives and Prevaricator, which were by far, like, the heaviest songs we had ever written. Yeah. We had tuned down, like, I was experimenting with tuning down a little bit, because um, in the first record, we were just in Drop D, um and then i remember i love seven dust they're like one of my favorite bands ever and like they, they play in drop b i want to try something of that to me so like tuned down to drop b and wrote those two songs with aaron and recorded like demos of those songs we're like okay we want to sound like this this is heavier it's more fun to play even yeah uh and, and we think it would get more response and it was just kind of checked all the boxes for us so those two songs were the genesis of us riding depravity and going a little bit darker heavier direction yeah. Um, so yeah, with, within definitely within a year, we were eye eyeballing the next record. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so with that one, did any uh, thoughts or? I mean, obviously, it's more a more aggressive 
approach on this record. So like, what, uh, what, what was the vibe like? I know you said you were starting to get jaded. So what, it obviously came out in the music. Yeah, I mean, you know, jaded, I feel like a strong word at, at that point for us. It was more about like, crap, man, like, I'm tired, you know, I'm tired of eating Taco Bell every day. We, we, you know, not that money is everything. We never really cared about that. But it was just like, we've been so poor for so long. It's just like starting. To, yep. it's, you can start to feel the effects of it yep. at that point. Yep. Yeah, a little bit. So, so, um, yeah. And, and, you know, like I said before, it puts a strain on relationships within and outside the band. And I think that pressure started to take its toll on the writing. And so the darker stuff felt a little more natural, you know, writing it at that point than it would have a year or two before that. Um, John's parents at the time had a house on Kentucky Lake with a basement, like a finished basement in it. And so they let us, which is huge. Thank you to them. We love all our family so much, but John's parents let us go basically live in this like apartment basement um, to write Depravity and record and pre-pro the entire record front to back. So that's where Aaron and I kind of buckled down and, and wrote that record. And the isolation, too, was a thing because it's kind of like, well, if you're not touring, you're not making gas to go anywhere. So we were stuck like out in the woods on this lake, which was beautiful. It sounds, well, it sounds terrible. Yeah. You're on a lake for like yeah. a month and a half or whatever. It was, it was amazing, but it was also like, man, I miss like my girlfriend, my yeah. friend. Yeah, my family is like, man you start to feel like you're in a cave every day, you know? So, um, and at the time, Lyle, our first guitar player had left the band and we brought in Tyler at that point to help a little bit with writing and, and recording. And so we were also rehearsing with him most days, trying to get him, um, up to speed. And so that's what I remember from that era too. But yeah, it was, it was, it was kind of like, oh, we, we lost our first member, too. So it's kind of like, OK, mm. we got to recalibrate a little bit, which is, is so funny to think about now. But at the time, it was it was a little yeah, it's it was like it, yeah. it jarred you a little bit. You yeah. know, it's like this is our life. So um, I remember that part of it, too. But yeah, yeah, that that all played into the writing on that record a, a little bit. And I, I know we were just really excited. And I do remember Jason being pretty excited about the direction of that record being like, "Ooh, this is this is heavy. This is exciting. Yeah. This is new sounds different yeah. you know the recording is going to be much better which was a huge plus for us and i remember he was really pumped about that and then we put up um the first song which i think was malevolence we made yeah malevolence first that's that's a great that's a banger so yeah which is historically our biggest song still to this day probably um and then you know i think that we were so eager to get back out on the road and play these new songs that was really fun and a good um reprieve from being in a cave and writing that kind of yeah. music for a while so we were excited to get back on the road and we filmed like the dumbest music video ever for it which <laughs> felt good because it was like okay it's a heavy record it's it's a dark record but this this would be a fun thing to do kind of yeah. get a comic relief side of it and um had a really good time doing that and that was andy real that did that he, he lives here in town oh, yeah, too, so yeah, i yeah. can see him i don't, I don't know him but I, I know who he is good, good dude um which i don't know if he's I don't know if he's proud of that work in particular, but he does really, really cool stuff. Way That's cooler awesome. than that. Now isn't, he doing like a po- isn't he doing a podcast with Stephen Keach? Uh, yeah, I, yeah, 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 buddies for sure. Yeah. I saw, yeah. I saw whispers of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was it was a cool time, man. That depravity is really fun. That that we saw a pretty sharp increase in like the quality of shows totally. and and tours and stuff like that. And then we we were still um being able to like pack out shows at home which meant a lot to us we would just look forward to natural shows you know 
every time we played because it was so fun. It was it was like Absolutely. our people. So yeah, yeah. What's yeah. um who produ- who produced that one? I'm, I didn't even. So Joey Sturgis. Oh, okay, he, he was the hot guy at the time, wasn't he? Yeah, and he he was basically recording in like a not heated um, garage, you know, and uh, was it Indiana or Illinois? Oh gosh, that's terrible. I don't remember One that. Of the but, guys. Up north, and I remember just snow and ice being on the ground, and I mean the space was like it, it, it was just a thrown together thrown together home studio. But Joey had such an ear; he can make it sound super good. And he was coming off the hills of like uh, Devil Wears Prada and their success on their first or second record, maybe. Um, and so we're like, dude, we want to record with him. Like he can make it sound super clean, super heavy, super clear. Um, so that, that was a, a journey for sure. Cause it was like, we'd be freezing cold trying to like record guitars and they won't stay in tune cause it's freezing in here. Like <laughs> that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, that was recording. He, he, uh, engineered, mixed and mastered the whole thing. Um, and it sounded great. Um, and he did the engineering for the next record too, marriage, but Brian hood ended up, um, mixing and, and mastering that one and reamping some of the guitars and yeah, yeah. that. But yeah, yeah, Joey. Joey had, he he was the 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 guy front to back on the private. Yeah, I remember seeing his name on everyone's records at that time. I, I yeah, he's clearly talented. That's awesome. That's really yeah, cool. sweet. So um, any uh with the depravity touring and stuff, do you remember anything from that time, or do you remember any like big tours you guys were on at all, or anything? Any uh, you know, obviously you would play obviously the Face Down Fest every year and whatnot, but was there any shows that you were just like, holy crap, this is insane? Well, I, I mean, Cornerstone was always, like, yeah. the thing we looked forward to every summer, for sure. Um, and even, like, before Depravity came out, Cornerstone was like, oh, that is, like, the, the, the mecca. Yeah. yeah. And so I remember it was, like, when we also got roped into the Sunshine crowd in Minnesota and being able to go that, play that festival that was, like, holy crap, like, we're playing, like, real stages with real bands. Like, it's <laughs> with so a real cool. microphone. Yeah, so it was like, you know, that that was really cool. I, I don't know. I mean, it, we had just never played to those size crowds before, and if we did, it was such a rarity, you know. Sure. Um, so I, I do remember being like, holy crap, we're, like, playing to, like, people, like, yeah. a lot they of have people. Catering, like, and they have food. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm still sleeping in a tent. I'm sleeping in a van, but I don't care, you know. We're getting to eat. Um, yeah, that, that, I remember that, you know, summers were so fun. Um, and I know that during the depravity cycle, we ventured out a bit further out of our comfort zone as far as regions. I mean, I, we went, you know, into Canada, wow. um, crossing the border. That's, that's crazy to think that my stupid little band was like taking me quote unquote international, you know, it's like, holy crap, you know, we're in, we're in like New England for a tour and like we're, went out to California. That, that was, I remember that was exciting too. It was like, holy crap, we're doing this. So we're making it all the way to the West coast playing shows. Like that's, that's pretty exciting. Um, and that's kind of when we got roped into the, the sleeping giant crowd and then pending doom and got to meet those guys and a lot of the, the California crew, um, from face down and and death star and that kind of stuff. So that was, that was a really cool time. We, we were, getting to do a lot of new things touring wise. Um, and that's what I remember more so than, than the specific shows other than Cornerstone yeah. and Sunshine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. So after Depravity, um, obviously that was a success for you guys. Um, how long after that was Marriage of Heaven and Hell? Like uh, kind of, were you getting even more, not quote unquote jaded? Were you getting, where were your head, where was your headspace at that point? Like what's, uh, I guess what the direction of that record? Yeah. 
it's hard. It's awkward to talk about that era because I know for a fact, like the four core dudes in the band, which Tyler's still considered part of our band. We need like a brother to us, but like the four guys, me and Andy and Tyler and I mean, and Aaron and John, us four, you know, we, we kind of let our cynicism kind of take over, I think a little bit. And to where we got exposed to some of the stuff behind the scenes um, that like, holy crap, like being in a Christian metalcore band was pretty lucrative. Let's be yeah. honest at the yeah. time. And it, it could, it could be very lucrative. And so we were exposed to a lot of things that were like, well, this doesn't, this doesn't feel right at all. Yeah. Um, but like now it's like, I can't relate to that now in my life. It's kind of like, I, I, like, I can't, it's weird to sing these songs and Andy's even talked about it where it's hard to relate to these lyrics that we wrote so long ago, you know, 10 years ago or whatever. Um, longer than that. Cause gosh, 12 years ago. That, that, Cause it's something that like, we, it's just like, who cares, you know, like, but at the time it was once again, part of our daily life. We were touring every day. We were playing shows every day. And a lot of them were with the same bands over and over and different scenarios, yeah. different festivals, different tours. So, you know, some of the things that we were seeing um, b- between, you know, other bands or other dudes on stage and what they were kind of portraying versus what we were seeing on the road or backstage or mm. whatever that was. And by the way, probably projecting a little bit because we were guilty of some of that crap too. I'm <laughs> sure, you know, it's like, you know, it's like, it was pop calling the kettle black, maybe a little bit, yeah. but we were just so done with it because we like, we, we almost like took offense to it. Cause it's like, man, you're taking advantage of these kids. Like yeah. a lot of them being like youth group kids that like want a safe space and, and, and something yeah. real something to experience on a real level come to these shows. And it's usually the shows that their parents, it's all the shows their parents would allow them to go yep. to because it was Christian. So it was like, man, that, that's a really cool idea. And then you see that opportunity be abused in a lot of ways, whether it's venues or promoters or bands or who, you know, people, it's just people. Yeah. So that, that really got to us, man. Um, and I think at that point it was like, no, I'm kind of done. I'm kind of done with that crap. We're not going to put Jesus face on a t-shirt and try to yeah. upsell that thing and we're not gonna market that side of us because it just feels kind of icky to us yeah, it's disgusting. so we kind of r- we ran in a different <laughs> opposite direction and <laughs> said oh your god is dead that's that's the first line of one of the songs like okay yeah. so you know that that was kind of the the trajectory for us at that point so yeah i think we were pretty cynical pretty jaded and we we're tired man um yeah and you know it it was pretty dramatic during that time too. But I, I'll say this, another compliment to Jason in Virginia, we were definitely a little nervous to hand over that wow. material to Jason. Hey, uh, you know, your God is dead. That's literally the first line of band weep. I'm sorry. You know, wow. like, we said some pretty rough stuff on that. At the, That was considered rough at the time. Very, yeah. um, you know, salacious. So, yeah. but Jason, very many, yeah, kind of. It was like out of out of the norm for a Christian metalcore band to do something totally. like that. So, on one hand, I was proud of that. On the other hand, it was kind of like, oh, everyone's gonna hate us. Uh, so, you know, and it was a mixed bag of of reactions. Yeah, say, sure. yeah. how did they yeah. react? What, what did they say? Uh, well, Jason was like, dude, I get what you're doing. I love it. Let's do it. And it was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, and that was just another respect for Jason because he like saw our hearts about it and totally. didn't, you know. I don't know. It didn't rake us over the coals about it, but I mean, as far as bands, yeah, I mean, it was a mixed bag. There were some people that were super offended by it. And then other people that were like, yo, you're right. This is awesome. Like, it, yeah, I love what you're doing. You know, 
so, you know, there were definitely people that felt the same, um, as we did, which was, was a cool surprise, I think. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it feels goofy to talk about it nowadays in my, <laughs> going yeah. into my forties, you know, but, yeah, but yeah, I mean, it, it was dude, Christian metalcore, you know, I'll say that too. And Nashville and rocket town played into this too. But during that time, as you know, that like set of years of like Christian-y heavy music was so popular. Like we, we were fortunate. I'll say this too. Like I'm thankful because we were fortunate to be a part of something that like, I don't want to say the success, but at least the viability of being a band in that scene was yeah. kind of built in. If you could play some breakdowns, you know, and, and get the cornerstone, you were going to have a good time and play fun shows. And that like, that's not the yeah. case nowadays. Like it's so different. Totally. And it had, you know, we were just fortunate to strike while the iron was hot a little bit is what I'm saying. So like, I, yeah. on one hand, I'm, I'm also very thankful for that scene or whatever during that time. Yeah. Um, Cause it, it helped us. Was that um, did, at that point where you guys just, since you were, obviously were jaded and on the road and all this, were you starting to be like, is this what I want to do anymore? Or were you starting to feel like, Hey, you know, a, a real job sounds attractive. You know, was that kind of, you know, in the minds at that point or was or were you still like let's we still need to do this like maybe yeah maybe a little bit and you're probably talking to like the most pessimistic dude in the band too because like <laughs> you know uh the other guys I, I would say tend to be a little bit more positive or um you know encouraging than i was i, I was always just a tortured artist trying to write heavy music on my guitar <laughs> that kind of guy but like um maybe a little bit I think that what kind of helped keep all of that stuff at bay, at least in my mind, was that we were seeing like little increments of like, quote unquote, success. So like that was like, man, that, that helped us keep going. Sure. Um, you know, we going into marriage for sure. You know, we got to do a European tour after marriage came out. I remember that was like a huge that was a dream come true for yeah. me. Far none. That was a dream come true. The fact that we were doing that, that, that just still to this day is like, man, that's, that, I love that. That's like that's one incredible. of my favorite things that I've, I've ever gotten to experience. Um, but what point of me saying that is just to say that, that those little, little tidbits of like success kept you going a little bit, little but hit, I do remember, little hits. yeah, I mean, it, it mattered. And I think that that changed our minds a little bit because up to that point we were like, we play as many shows as we can every year, every tour we say yes to, you know, we yeah. do it all. And at that point it was like, wait a minute, maybe this isn't like the best business decision or the smartest thing for our mental health or emotional yeah. health or for our relationships at home to just tour all the time. So maybe, maybe we need to be just a little bit more selective about tours sure. and shows and like, if this tour doesn't get us into a new market or we're not playing to a new crowd, then we're just kind of spinning our wheels a yeah. little bit. And yeah. so I remember at the time being like, Oh crap, like maybe we need to start trying to be a little smarter about how we do this band. Um, I think that was a factor too. So it's, you know, not, not super jaded. It was, we were kind of done with some of the politics behind everything, but at the same time, we still love playing music and playing shows and writing. That was still, still exciting for sure. I think we were just trying to mature a little bit. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, you know, at that age, it makes sense why one would feel that way and then get to that conclusion, you know, where you're like, whoa, we are spinning our wheels. Like, what's the point, you know, to yeah. a point, you know? So, yeah. What, uh, on that European, who who did you tour with on that European tour? So it was a German band headlining called War from a Harlot's Mouth. Um, and they were freaking amazing. I mean, they're like real musicians for sure. 
um salt the wound was on that tour as well oh yeah them yeah. being around um and they were support as well um who else, I, I feel look at this tour laminate i have it on my wall i think there was somebody else on the tour hang on this is so terrible oh yeah duh i'm so stupid we shared a freaking sprinter van with arson's get all the girls and those oh, dudes wow. are hilarious yeah, I, like, yeah i booked them once so fun dude and it was funny because it was like I don't know, like a 13-seater sprinter van, and we had 14 guys in the van. Wow. So it was like somebody always had to be in the, like, bunk up top kind of thing. And, and it was in February and freezing cold. I bet. Uh, I mean, we, we spun out on ice on the Autobahn on that. T- I mean, it was just – it was a wild, That's wild hilarious. tour. Um, <laughs> and then Tyler quit after. He was like, this this is brutal. It's like, I can't, I can't do this. It was – the amenities were so bad. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and we we were the opener of that tour, and so we came back and like major debt. I'll tell you a quick story if you want to hear this one too. Yeah, sure. This is no joke. We're driving through the Swiss Alps, like snow covered mountains, and we're going through this mountain pass. Two sprinter vans in a row, two vans in each van, and we turn this corner, and the Swiss the Swiss Swiss poli- police police pull us over, and like we take this weird like turn back into this compound and it looks like world world war ii like nazi germany like concrete like huge concrete slab huge with these buildings on either side of it and they're like every piece of gear every piece of luggage out of the van line up in a row and we're like oh my god like we're we're this is it i'm gonna die today oh my god so i snuck a video i think i have it on youtube somewhere about snuck a video of us at that point um and i was just like what the heck is happening had to pull all our gear out tour manager was trying to reason with them and like it wasn't happening and they went down the line and chose the two most tattooed dudes one of them being the guitar player for salt and jake he had like neck tattoos, oh i remember him yeah, yeah, yeah. On face. they were like you and you come with us and like an hour and a half later they like start walking back to the group like with heads down like what happened they got strip searched as they were looking oh. for drugs um, and, and the two dudes, they chose the only two guys that were straight edge on the tour <laughs> just because they had tattoos. That's incredible. So they finally were like, okay, pack the vans back up. You owe us 700 euro each van because you're over over the weight limit. We're like, you didn't even weigh mm-hmm. anything. Like, what do you think? So they were just, they were going to get something from us. Um, and that's one of the reasons we came back in debt from that tour because we were the opener, which means we got paid the okay. least amount. Yeah, we you know we didn't sell as much merch as the other guys because they had all toured Europe before, and so we came home. We're like, we need to book a couple big shows to pay this debt because because <laughs> we how we came back in debt was uh, we had to because of gas splits and all that stuff. Our cost for the tour, you know, I had to pay the tour manager at the end of the tour. And then the merch company, the German merch company who had printed this merch came to collect at the last show and I didn't have any money. So I was like, dude, I will pay you. Like we always pay our debts. We were very like financially um, legit. We were like compared to other men, I feel like. Um, So anyway, I had to promise this German dude that we would pay him. He was like, I have people in the States that will find you. Like, I know. I was like, no problem. (laughs) I was like, I'll get you your money. And sure, we we paid it off pretty quick. But it was like, that was a wild ride. That was a wild ride. That sounds <laughs> that sounds nuts. Um, yeah. So uh, after marriage in heaven, how how long after that was life and death, and I guess the end of of plea? Uh, kind of how did that materialize? Obviously, you've talked about you know kind of the um, the band unraveling in in some ways in shape or form. So kind of what was the next step with that and and into that next record? 
So going into that last record, um, Tyler had quit. Um, <clears throat> and at that point, we and I kind of decided, like, I just, I'm, you know, I've been writing everything pretty much from the beginning of the band with Aaron. Um, <clears throat> let's figure out a way to tour with one guitar player, just me, um, for, for a multitude of reasons. Um, so we're sad that Tyler left for sure. Um, and we were also digging in a little bit more at home as far as home life. Like I had bought a little house. Um, <clears throat> the other guys, you know, had either bought houses or signed leases on apartments. And, and we were home a lot more during that time because we were trying to be a little bit more selective about the touring. Yeah. Um, so we were kind of digging a little bit more at home. And so um, that was a new dynamic. I think we were growing up really fast at that point, too. It's like, man, we've just been touring for years. Like, we're tired. We want to write heavy music. We want it to be a little bit more mature sound yeah. and not just breakdowns all the time. And um, so our musical, we, we were kind of tired, I think, of some heavy music to where it was like it's, we were inundated with it for so long. It's like we want to explore some other sounds and layers and textures and all that, especially me with electronic stuff. I, I was super which i still am super into that kind of stuff um so we're home a lot so we we wrote that record at home and that was the first time we'd ever done that um like i remember going to aaron's um house in town a few times a week to work through some stuff and we were sending files to each other we we'd never done that we'd always kind of just been all together you know working through material <clears throat> and this was the first time it was kind of like i'm in my house and he's in his and even though we're in the same town we're kind of you know fleshing mm -hmm. out material that way so it was a uh, time more of growth and change i think for us personally and within the band um and the material came out at the time i remember thinking like this isn't heavy enough for like our core fans maybe um but also we didn't care i think yeah. we were just kind of like it's gonna be what it is um yeah. and we had done josh schroeder who did our last record up in michigan he had done a cover for us, um, Big Papa. We did a cover of Big Papa. Oh, yeah. Um, and he recorded it. And I, I remember thinking, like, this dude is legit. Like, I love his approach to producing and, and engineering. <clears throat> so we were really excited about the recording process on Marriage. And so – or not Marriage, um, Life and Death. So going into that last record, we wanted it to be a lot more organic, a lot more representative of us instead of, like, digital plugins and like amp modeling and sampled drums we went like hey let's i want to put our instruments on this record because these songs are going to be a lot more organic and maybe not as quote-unquote heavy so that was really exciting went to michigan and recorded and those are aaron's drums on the record those are my heads my calves my guitars my pedals on that record and another thing that's cool about that record so i don't know if a whole lot of people know this but <clears throat> to my knowledge there is no digital reverb um or any room noise on that record that's not natural um i'm gonna ignore this call sorry <laughs> it's okay i should have turned my work line off um, busy man. you're a busy man so uh what i'm saying is like for example andy would do a vocal tape where's my there you are there you were in my back yeah sorry um <laughs> So, so I get what I'm trying to describe is Andy would do like a vocal take and then he or, or, or finish a song. And then after we left the studio, um, Josh would 
put speakers in his garage and play the vocal track through the speakers with a mic on the other end of the room. And that mic would pick up the reverberations from that room and he would put that back into the session and stretch it out or manipulate it and make that like the, the reverb for his vocal, as opposed to like a plug-in, a digital kind of model. Oh, cool. Very cool. So that, that I love that organic approach to that last record. Um, that, that was one of my favorite parts of that recording process. And Josh, like to this day is like a good friend of ours. We just hit it off with him and his wife and we, we grill out like, you know, multiple times a week and just hang out and not just work on music. And it was a really special time and it felt like we were all kind of reconnecting with life a lot more um, than we had previously. So, um, yeah, it was, it was a really good time. I enjoyed that, that process probably the most. What's uh, what's your favorite song from that record? And, and I guess any any stories on the I guess the final tour, if you will, or or uh, the the ending of, of the band. So okay, before I answer that, I gotta tell you, I, I just have to say it because the guys fought me on this for years. I think Golden Barriers off of Marriage, the record before it, is one of the coolest songs that Aaron and I have ever written. I yeah. love that song. That's a great, but song. it never it never caught on live. Um, with I mean, every now and then I'll get somebody mentioning it, but um yeah i think we tried to play it on a couple tours and just never really took off but i freaking love that song that's probably my favorite song off marriage yeah um as far as life and death i remember here's an honorable mention like my song the title of my song which is andy talking about his uh, mom mm. um and kind of everything and his dad and everything he had gone through in the year or two before that record which is really heavy mm-hmm. life stuff i remember like writing the music for that and listening to Andy's lyrics being like, dude, this is like one of the most personal songs we have ever written. And it's like Andy, my best friend, you know, who's gone through this stuff. It just meant a lot. I think that was a really emotional song for all of us to hear him do that. That was really cool. cool. Um, And sad and awful, but also, also really cool, you know, cathartic. Um, So that, that, that's honorable mention for sure. Um, Let me, man, let me think about that. So, Music City had a lot of nostalgia for us too because that's all about Nashville. There's yeah. a whole part where Andy lists off all our friends' bands. From I, thought, I, I remember that part. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> that is really neat. Um, you know, I think. Let's see. I'm gonna go look at this track listing because I have stuff on my wall. Man, I think your platinum records. Yeah, right. <laughs> I wish, dude. I think. Room for the Dead is pretty sick too. Um, yeah. I mean, Heart of a Child. I really like that opening riff, and I really like that. Okay, all right. Final answer: The Life. I like The Life a lot. I think that opening riff is really fun to play, and even that that kind of chill uh, bridge in that where it kind of goes clean. I really, I like that part a lot. Yeah. I think that came out really neat. So I'd, I'd say The Life probably. That's cool. Yeah, those are all great songs. I definitely, um, yeah, you're hitting hitting the ones I really like myself. Um, so the future, buddy. What's uh, we've already talked on what you're doing now, but uh, I I I saw that uh, plea for purging's playing Furnace Fest. So we want to talk about that for a little bit. Yeah. So 
when they announced before COVID hit that they were going to do Furnish Fest, it was like immediately, it was like, oh man, I would love to get an offer for that. That'd be so cool. I don't know if we would be able to do it, but it would just be cool. You know, yeah. I want to go. Um, you know, whether we play or not, I wanted to go. And so, um, I think we did get an offer, but it's just getting everybody back into town. Yeah. yeah financially just, it wasn't going to work. I mean, you know, flying in Aaron and taking off work and doing all that stuff. It was, it would have been really difficult, but of course, COVID kind of put a damper on that, that sure. first year, um, similar situation for the next year. Um, but this one came around and it was like, it just kind of made sense. We all, and like I said, we're all, we're all still buddies. We all still talk regularly. Yeah. So it's not, you know, we're all in touch, but, um, this year came around and they, they gave us a really good offer. And it was kind of like, duh. <laughs> okay. Let's, let's see what happens. And then, you know, you know, it's like you, I heard me and Andy first when we got the offer, like, okay, so who's going to call who are you going to call John or I want to call Eric? You know, like that kind of thing. It's like, okay. And then sure enough, like within a couple hours, everybody's like, yeah, screw it. If we sound like crap, who cares? It'll be fun. <laughs> so, so it was kind of like, wow, this, this feels exciting. And, and I think the only rule that we all had or, or like really the only caveat that any of us said was like, as long as it's fun and yeah. not like a headache or a hassle or a eye roll or, or um, an obligation. Yeah. 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 Like let, let, yeah. let's just, let's just freaking make it the smoothest, enjoyable, most fun thing we can do. And that, that's kind of been the approach the whole time. Like, I love that. Like, like even yesterday, like Aaron and I are working on like a, a rap intro to the set, which we'll see if that happens, but like, <laughs> you know, just, just make it fun. And so we're really excited, man. We we've known Chad Johnson for a long yeah. time. Um, and he's such a good dude and excited for him and the su success of Furnace Fest too. But Dude, and honestly, like, the more they announce bands, the more I'm stoked. I, yeah. I, I'm maybe more stoked about seeing some of these guys play than I am playing. Like, X Toll, bro. Dude, X Toll. I, I know. Ah! And, like, I, know. I love that last Teenage Risk record a lot. And yeah. so um, that is going to be a really fun one for me, that set. Um, I'm, I'm just pumped, man. I'm really yeah. excited about it. Tyler, who's going to be playing with us at Furnace Fest, I we asked him to come back That's and awesome. play. Um He's gone to Furnace Fest before, and he's like, "Yeah, it's great." It's, that went last year. Good time. It was it was awesome. It was a good. Yeah, it felt like uh, like I don't know, kind of like uh, going back to school type. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> you know, everyone's got their cool outfits on or whatever, and you're just seeing these. <laughs> it's it, it was very nostalgic, very cool. It was super awesome. So, yeah, yeah I'm really I, looking forward to it. I, you know. There's going to be a bottle of ibuprofen in my bag oh, now, which is for sure. Like, and, and, and that's the thing, like, we know, like, we all look older and fatter. I'm bald. Like, it's like, it is what it is. We're, we're going to play and have fun. We're, we're not worried about the cool factor near as much as we are concerned with um, getting to see everybody. It's and the hang, bro. It's the it, hang. Is, it is. It is. And so, so I'm pumped, man. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a highlight of my year. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we, we've talked about doing some other shows and possibly a Nashville show at some point. Dude. Um, it just depends. It just depends. I, you know, it's, it's hard, like I said, getting Aaron to fly in because he'd have to take off work and he's got a, a sure. kid now, too. So it's, it's tough. Maybe you can um, do the night. Maybe we could do it a couple months later or something, you know, something of that nature. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we, you know. Our our buddy Wes here in town still promotes shows and and it would be like getting getting the old gang back together if we did a yeah. national show too and um 
So, so yeah, anything's possible at this point, as long as it makes sense for all of us to be in the same room for long enough to make it happen. But yeah, I mean, we're not opposed to it. I would love to put out new music. I think all of us would. Um, The reality of that is is a little bit harder to digest than the, the idea of it. I think. So, I mean, I I have a ton of material that I've kind of hoarded through the years. None of it really finished yeah. Um, but yeah, if I had my way, we'd be putting out new music this year. But we'll see if that actually happens. Well, maybe that fire gets ignited at Furnace Fest. You never know. Yeah, yeah. And, and dude, the thing is, too, like when people ask me, I feel like people think we're trying to be cryptic. Oh, maybe, maybe new music. We're not like we're pretty wide yeah. open. Like we don't lie. We don't like you know do do that kind of like mystery stuff. Looks like I don't know, man. We got some material. Maybe we'll finish it. Maybe we won't. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <what's> say? <laughs> I, I don't know. So I mean it's fun to play. I've got my little project studio. Aaron, he's got a little studio set up um out west. And so maybe if, if me and him can be more diligent about uh throwing ideas around, maybe something will happen. But uh yeah, yeah I, I would love to. I would love to put on new new music. That's sure. awesome. Well I hope uh, it is a success for you, which I'm sure it will be. I'm, I'm planning on being there, so it'd be cool to hang. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, man, that's really cool, I re- dude. I really appreciate you coming, taking time out of your busy home inspection business. <laughs> no, this is great. I, I love this. This is more fun yeah. for sure, dude. I, I, I uh, wanted to talk to you for a long time. It, 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 it's funny because I literally I got off social media forever, and I had no one's phone numbers, and so like I literally one day was drinking bourbon and smoking a cigar. And I like started Googling everything I could to f- try to find you. And that's how I, I don't know if you remember, I reached out to your that's business right. and she yeah. like texted me back and was like, what is this about? And then you like called me immediately. And I was just like, <laughs> I was like, I did that to a couple people like Colin from that city's burn. I did the same thing. He just yeah. like, I just found him online. Ryan from terminal and O sleeper, same thing. It's like, I, I I know it's bizarre. I come out of nowhere, but it's just like I need to get in these people's lives. Like so. I love it. No, that that that's the best kind of message I can get on the work line. <laughs> Dude, it's I cool. Love that. I'll I say this that. too. Like my lead inspector gets cracked up um, because it'll happen every now and then to where one of our clients knows about the band. And so, you know, I show up looking all professional in my like work clothes, my polo and stuff. I mean, I have tattoos, but whatever. Everybody naturally. Um, but yeah, I'll show up and then finally it'll, it'll slip out. Like, are you in a plea? You know? And of course my lead inspector just looks at me like, Oh, here we go again. You know, like, here. So I like that part of it too. It's, it's funny to see people, um, in like my adult life, work life now know about the band. It's like, yeah. Oh my gosh, that's such a weird convergence of my two lives almost. But that's cool. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's awesome. Man. I'm glad, I'm glad to reach out. I totally, I remember that now that you say that. Um, but dude, I, I love it. I, I like my wife, she, she kind of rolls her eyes at me. Cause like, this has happened a couple times. We'll be like in target checking out and then the, the kid checking us out, which is probably not a kid, probably his thirties, but, uh, he's like, Hey, so. you know, are you Blake from plea? You know? And I'm like, I freaking love it. I'm like, I'm not weird about it. I'm like, dude, thank you for saying something. Yeah, you made me feel so good. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love that crap. Like I, I I'm into it. Good. I'm not weird about it. it it's not an ego thing. It's just like, man, that makes me feel really good. That's I awesome. love that. That's beautiful. I love that. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's happening less and less for sure because I look quite a bit different, but Andy's still big and bald. So he's, you know, people see him and his burger truck. He'll get a lot of people coming to the burger truck um, talking about the band, which is really cool. I bet. That's super <laughs> cool, man. Awesome. Blake, dude, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time, dude. It's been Happy an awesome it. conversation. So 
Let's Heck hang yeah. soon. Maybe at Furnace, maybe before, maybe after. Who's to say? So Absolutely, man. I would love right. that. All right, buddy. We'll talk Thanks, soon. Tell the guys I said hey, by the way. I will, for sure. All right, brother. I do. Bye-bye. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to this latest episode. I'd like to thank Blake for his time. I know he's a busy, busy man. So I really appreciate uh, all the uh, the time that he's given me, and it was a really cool conversation. Thank you, the listener, uh, for tuning in. Really appreciate all the uh, support. It's really been awesome the last six months. Um, really, really excited again about all, all the upcoming episodes we've got. I know I say it uh, repeatedly, but I'm really, really stoked. So uh, again, thanks so much to Blake, and thank you.